My name's Caleb. For those of you who don't know me, uh, one of the leaders here at Gateway. Uh, today's talk um, is a blatant ripoff of the Disney movie Encanto, and it's called Welcome to the Family. And uh, wave at me if you've seen Encanto. Come on, keep that hand up if you think it's the best Disney movie so far of all time. Ooh, some hands went down. I don't like you people anymore. Um, in our family, I think the consensus is it's probably the best Disney movie ever. So if you've not seen it, do watch it. It's very good. And uh, I have borrowed uh, the title um, because the first song is called Welcome to the Family Madrigal. Uh, but today we are doing Welcome to the Family Gateway. And uh, what that's about, it's, it's less kind of exotic and there won't be as much kind of Colombian music this morning, unfortunately. Um, but one of our distinctives as a family, we have these words that we use to describe Gateway, kind of what is, what, what makes Gateway Gateway. One of those words we use is family. And uh, the, the line we talk about is a welcoming family where everyone can belong. Uh, we share these distinctives as we walk people through Connect, which is kind of for people who are new to the church, just kind of an introduction to who we are. And, uh, and when we talk about this, when we talk about family, we end up talking about the idea of membership. And, uh, and membership is one of those things that, that some churches don't have a membership. Some people, some churches do. Some people disagree so much with our stance on membership that they say, I'm not becoming a member. And, um, and we talk about it on Connect a lot, but I thought it'd be helpful maybe for us to actually talk about it kind of collectively for everyone, no matter how long you've been here coming along to Gateway. And the reality is that the idea of membership is rooted in this idea that we get from the New Testament that church is family. Not that church is like a family. The, the, the New Testament is pretty clear that church is family. Church is the family of God. So I'm, I'm, I've kind of, this talk has been a bit of a wrestle, if I'm honest, to try and kind of bring some kind of structure to. But I want to I take a step back before thinking about what does it mean to, to be a, a member of Gateway Church and ask the question, well, how do you become a member of the family of God? If, you know, because membership, when we think of membership, sometimes we think of being a club or, a, you know, you, you, pay a, you pay a membership fee and you become part of something. Really, it's rooted in the idea of family, being a family member. So membership is about being a member of a family. How do you become a member of the family of God. Well, the Bible gives us two images that, that both communicate the same thing, really, in terms of the way into a family. And they, they're, they're images that work with both the family of God, but also a kind of family in the sense that we might think primarily in terms of parents, children, etc. So the first way that you become a member of the family of God is by being born again. Uh, so we read in, um, in John chapter 3, where a man named Nicodemus, who is a Jewish religious leader, he's, he's actually a Pharisee, and he comes to see Jesus after dark one evening, which kind of gives the game away that he's not, he's not confident enough to come in the daytime. He's kind of intrigued by Jesus, but doesn't really want to make that known. So there's no streetlights in Jerusalem at this time um, because, well, obvious reasons. But, um, but So he just kind of sneaks around in the dark to see Jesus, and he has this conversation with Jesus. And he's trying, to, he's trying to just, yeah, have this conversation with this man who has really intrigued him. And Jesus says to him, he says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom 
of God. One of the ways, one of the images the Bible uses about becoming a member of the family of God is to be born again. What we, what we think of or what we believe being born again is really it's a kind of, there's a bit that God does, then there's a bit that we do, and then there's a lot that God does. Or maybe there's a lot that God does in the first point as well. But essentially in response to God's love and his mercy and his good news for us, our small part, by grace, in faith, we repent and we believe. We say, God, I'm going to turn from living life my way and I'm going to turn to you. And I'm going to put my trust, my faith, I, I believe that you love me and that what Jesus did for me, I believe that. And so there's, there's an element of response in us, but then it's God comes in and does the big stuff. He forgives. He completely spiritually renews us. He redeems us. He comes to live within us by his spirit. He makes us one with God again, and we can have an intimate relationship with God. This is what it means to be born again. And the, the, the New Testament kind of lumps this decision in with then the appropriate response being baptism in water as a public declaration of this repentance and faith in God. So being born again is, is one of the images that, uh, that Jesus himself used for how you become a member of the family of God. The other, uh, often Paul uses this throughout the New Testament, his letters, is the idea of adoption. And really it's, it's the same thing, it's just a different framing of it. So in Ephesians 1 verse 5, um, Paul says this, he says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And I, I love this little line. It's just a great line. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. It's like God didn't do it because he had to, or he didn't do it begrudgingly. He wanted to, and it gave him great pleasure to adopt us into his own family. Both of these pictures are, you know, they work on a human level, don't you? How do you become a, a member of a family? You're either born into it or you're adopted in. It, when it comes to the family of God, we're all both born in and adopted in. It's just the same picture of, the, or it's two different pictures of the same process. And the reality is that really, how, you know, I've asked the question, how do you become a member of the family of God? What are the, what are the basic requirements? Well, it's repentance and faith, being born again, and it's baptism in water. The reality is that they are really the only 100% total requirements of becoming a member of this church, of becoming a, a member of Gateway Church. Is, uh, have you put your trust and your faith in Jesus, having repented of your sin, and have you been baptized in water? They are the only hard and fast requirements in terms of membership of Gateway Church, as well as being uh, what we would see as the requirements of being a member of God's family. Now, here's the thing, right? Okay, because you're probably all thinking it, and certainly everyone who comes on Connect then comes in with the questions, well, what about this person in these circumstances? What happens if you believe this? What happens if you live this way? What happens are these people? It, usually it's not about themselves, it's about somebody else. Like, somebody in this situation, could they be a member of God's family? And my answer to this, which I know frustrates everybody on Connect <coughs> every time, because it feels like a politician's answer of dodging difficult questions. My answer is always the same, which is, as soon as you start moving the line away from those being the only two requirements, and you start saying, well, you also have to live like this, or you have to do this, and this is a hard and fast thing, if you go down at the, the route of saying these things disqualify you from membership, 
of this church, then you end up having to do so with every single sin there is in the whole world, with every single belief there is in the whole world. You, you have to then basically have a very, very, very long list of like, does this mean you can be a member? Does this disqualify you? And let's be honest, if we did that whole list, we would probably end up with not very many people in the church, right? So we, we just say those are the, those are the 100% like requirements are belief, repentance, belief in Jesus, and then baptism in water. The rest we work out with individuals on an individual basis. Like we just work that through in relationship. So you will note, obviously, that what I'm, you know, what I'm saying is that the requirements are the same for the family of God and for membership at Gateway Church. But it's pretty obvious that one does not equate to the other, as in when you become a member of the family of God, you don't automatically become a member of Gateway Church because the random person yesterday that became a Christian in South America is a member of the family of God, right? But they're not automatically a member of this church here. It, it kind of goes without saying. So what do we mean by membership here? What does that look like? How does it work? Well, before we get to that question, maybe the first question that some of you will be asking, um, there's no maybe about it, I know some of you will be asking, is why do we even have a membership? Like, why, why is this a thing? Is it even in the Bible? And, and that's a very good question. And um, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you three verses. There are a number of places you could go here, but I'm going to give you three verses that I think kind of help imply that membership is a thing. Um, but I have to say, there isn't like, you know, you don't go into like 1 Corinthians 7 and be like, look, it says, thou shalt have a membership in every church in the Bible. This is what we deduce from the New Testament, okay? So, and, and I, have to, I have to admit, some of these verses end up um, glossing over some fairly substantial things like kicking people out of churches that we're just not going to go into today. This might open some cans of worms um, that we, we will leave, yeah, kick the can down the road, as Dave Donkin would say. So, um, so 1 Corinthians verse 5, you have this very strange situation where Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he knows, he's been informed, that there is a man in the church who is in a sexual relationship with his stepmother. And what does Paul instruct the church to do? He says, remove this man from your fellowship. That is an instruction that Paul gives to the church. Remove this man from your fellowship. And in Acts verse 2, in a couple of different places, but in particular verse 30, 41, sorry, um, you have a numerical record of who was added to their fellowship, of how many people are added to their fellowship, and then in Hebrews 13, verse 17, uh, the author of Hebrews is talking about the relationship between the, the members of the church, the people of the church, the people who make up the church, and the leaders, and says that the leaders are accountable to God for watching over the church. Now, all of these, to me, imply you might say that doesn't say that membership is definitely a thing, but all of them imply a knowledge of who is in the church and who isn't in the church. To my mind, how, how can you remove someone from your fellowship if you don't know if they're in or out? Like, if there isn't clarity on who is with you and who is in, how can you, when Paul instructs them to remove someone, how can you 
remove someone? Or how can we as elders, as leaders of the church, like the author of Hebrews suggests, how can we be accountable to God for people if we don't know who is in or out? Who are we accountable for? Like, I'm, I'm definitely confident that I am not accountable to God for that person who is a Christian halfway around the world who I've never met, right? I, as an elder in this church, I'm not accountable to God for watching over that individual. I also know that I'm not accountable to God for people who are members of other churches in York, right? That's pretty clear. That's obvious. But what happens... I also know that there are many people here who I am accountable to God for, and we as elders are accountable to God for. But what about the, the person who just comes once a month on a Sunday and sits, but, but there's not quite that clarity? Are, are they in or not? Am, am I accountable to God for that person or not? This is why, for us, membership is a tool that brings clarity on, like, who are we accountable for? Who, who, who is saying, yes, we are part of this church, and who is not? I believe it is a helpful tool that brings clarity for us as leaders, but also for the church. Like, for, it's helpful to know who's in your family, right? <laughs> like, if, if you're going to be a family, it is really helpful to know who your fellow family members are. It, it just is. It brings clarity and security. So what is membership at Gateway all about? How do we arrive at membership in terms of like somebody saying, am I a member or not? Should I become a member or not? Should I be recognized as a member? Well, I'm going to give you three things today that I think um, kind of help us to clarify that situation. Like, are you a member of this church family or not? And uh, the first one is a determination of DNA. The second one is a recognition of a reality. And the third thing is a commitment to community. So first off, a determination of DNA. Uh, I know somebody, a friend of mine, who um, ended up in a situation where um, he needed to have a DNA, DNA test taken as part of a process of determining paternity over a child that somebody was saying, you are the father of this child. And, um, and he did the DNA test. He got a phone call from the lab who'd done the test, who phoned him and said, uh, hello, sir, I can confirm that there is a 99.9% .9 match, DNA match between you and the child. Uh, this friend of mine's response was, so what you're telling me is there is a chance that I am not the father of that child. <laughs> <clears throat> to which the response was, no, sir, <laughs> you are the father of that child. Now, to be a member of a local church, there has to be a determination of DNA. There has to be a question asked of like, do we share enough DNA? Are we, are we on the same page? Is there enough common ground here in terms of Things like beliefs, in terms of vision, in terms of values and priorities. Now, there doesn't have to be 100% alignment with absolutely everything, of course. There doesn't even need to be 99.9% .9 alignment. I'm not sure where we would put that percentage of alignment, but there has to be. We have to recognize this, right? For, for you to commit to being a part of a local church, you have, there has to be enough common ground, enough shared DNA in terms of the big important stuff. So in terms of beliefs, for instance, you know, if you believe that Jesus actually married Mary Magdalene and had a child whose descendants still amongst us, uh, probably you're going to struggle here because we don't get our theology from Dan Brown novels, funnily enough. 
Now, I use that, obviously, as a fairly safe, extreme example. Uh, most of the questions that people wrestle with or think, oh, is, uh, is there enough shared kind of belief there? are not going to be around Jesus, a Dan Brown novel, let's be honest. It's going to be much more kind of important stuff. How aligned do you have to be in terms of beliefs to be a member of this church family? Well, it is really hard to draw a line. That is something you have to work out in conversation and in relationship. But as a really good starting point, something like the Apostles' Creed, kind of some of these big statements, kind of these are the things we believe. Like if we can agree on all of that stuff, then we're well on our way to seeing a good level of alignment. What about when it comes to things like vision? Like what what is the alignment there? Well, I think you've you know part of that is asking the question like who. Who is this church? Where are they going? And can I follow these leaders in this vision? When it comes to values, I think, I think what's really important here is we don't, you know, looking at a church's website at the stated values is only going to help so much, right, when it comes to, are, are we on the same page? Like, do we share these values? I think you've just got to be part of a, a church. You've just got to come along and, and watch, observe, listen. Is what, what is being said not just from the front, but amongst the church, is what is being done. Does that fit with my values and what I believe a church should be? So you, you kind of put all of this together and you ask the question, is there enough shared DNA for me as an individual or as a family to, to say, yes, I belong here. Like th- this, this feels like home. This is a family that I can be a part of. And, and I have to kind of acknowledge, really, that, that this is a two-way thing, isn't it? Like, this is for people, who, for an individual who wants to be or wants to explore what it means to be part of a, a, a church, a, a family member here at Gateway. But it is also, also, as leaders, on behalf of the church, making that determination of DNA as well. Are, are we confident that there is enough of that shared DNA for this to work? Um, and so that's the first thing, a determination of DNA. The second thing is a recognition of reality. And really what we're asking is like, is, is someone functioning as a family member? Is somebody functioning as a member of this family? We're not looking just for aspiration of like, is this person saying, yeah, I can do all these things. Like, is, is this person functioning as a member of this church? And if so, well, maybe we need to consider recognizing that, formalizing that, saying, yes, we welcome you in as a member of this church family. There are five words that we talk about on Connect in terms of and again, it's really difficult. Like, we've got to avoid getting into this thing of being like a tick list of like, are you ticking that box? Are you ticking that box? Are you ticking that box? That's not what this is about. This is like, generally speaking, are these the, the words that would describe an individual or a family as part of the church? And if so, then that to me looks and sounds like membership, right? So the five words are this. The first one is participate. So, so it's, uh, is this individual participating in the life and family of this church? It's more than just attending, right? A- attending is one thing. Participating is a level above that. It's, it's contributing. It's being a part of. Um, and so the second word is connect, uh, which really is about relationship. Like, is, is this person connecting in in meaningful ways with other individuals in the church? Is this individual connecting on a meaningful level? A lot of people, for that, it involves joining a life group, being a part of a a small group of people where relationship really happens. The third word is serve. Is this individual 
serving, contributing, or are they, you know, what we, what can't, what a church doesn't work where every single person has this attitude of, you know, uh, I've come to receive today, and I come to receive every day and every meeting I come to. Like, you guys are great on that, so I don't need to, I'm not preaching that, I'm just saying that's what we're looking for, and we see it um, here, is, is people who are serving and contributing. The fourth word is give. Is somebody sacrificially giving in terms of money and time and energy and just giving of themselves to serve other people? And then the fifth word um, is lead, which is a little bit of an unusual one and usually throws people on connect. It's like, oh, I'm not ready to lead. Well, no, that's fine. But we're all, we're all called to lead in some way. We all start by leading ourselves, right? And uh, just a little plug here for the leadership training on Tuesday morning and Saturday morning, a whole session on how to lead yourself better. So even if you don't think you're a leader, come on that. Uh, sign up at the info point or on church suite. Um, so lead, like it, it involves leading ourselves. It might involve leading other people who don't know Jesus yet into, into relationship with him. It might involve... Um, you know, kind of leading children, or it might involve leading worship, or leading a, a life group, or leading a ministry. There are, you know, roles and responsibilities involved in leadership, but leading is more than that, right? It's leading other people toward Christ and leading ourselves. So those are the five words. Like I said, we're, we're not looking for perfection here, right? No, nobody, it, it would be daft to try and look for perfection because, yeah, there'd be nobody in this church apart from Jesus. But, um, but we're looking for just, uh, do those words describe like somebody's participation in the life of the church? And if that is happening, you know, it, it's John Wilson's phrase, isn't it? He says, I don't know if he, well, he says this to me a lot. I don't know if he says it on the front. He says, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck, right? And so if somebody is participating, connecting, serving, giving, and leading, they look like a member of this church. We should probably recognize them as a member of this church. So it's recognizing a reality rather than like rewarding an aspiration or, um, yeah, or kind of going off a, a, a kind of, yeah, I think I can do that. It's like, is it happening? Great. Let's recognize that. And then the third thing is a commitment to community. So at the end of the day, being a part of a family is, is about relationship. Ultimately, it's, it's about relationship with one another. It's a commitment to one another. It's a commitment that an individual makes to the church family and that then the church family makes back to that person. A commitment to participate, to connect, to serve, to give and to lead. Ultimately, it's a commitment to love one another, right? It's a commitment of relationship and care and service to one another. It's a commitment to follow Jesus in community, in family with these other people. It's saying, look, for this season, for now, for this next however long period of my life, I'm going to follow Jesus as part of this local group of believers who I will call family. Now, I have to say, and I, and I want to say this this morning, is that I recognize that for some people, that is a really big deal because making that kind of commitment involves making yourself vulnerable, doesn't it? It, it involves kind of submission to one another, submission to leaders, yes, but submission to other people, to one another as a church family. And in particular, where people are coming from a context where they have experienced some kind of hurt or pain in their previous church experience, sometimes 
that commitment, that kind of making myself vulnerable is really difficult. And I really understand that, I do. And to be honest, one of the things, one of the most common reasons why people come through Connect and don't come through to membership, one of the most common reasons is for some people, just it, it's a kind of, I'm just not ready for this because of some kind of previous um, experience that's been painful for them. So this, this shouldn't be, joining a, a local church, becoming a member of a local church should not be a kind of instinctive like, yes, I'm in, I've been there twice and I want to be a member. Like it, you've got to take your time over this because it's about relationship and trust. It's about saying, can I make myself vulnerable here? Now, here's the thing. I do it willingly. <laughs> I am, first and foremost, a member of Gateway Church because you are my family. I, I am, yes, I am an elder here. I am a leader in this family. But just like in a, in a family at home, you are, you, your primary way of relating is you're a member of that family. You might have a role within it. You might be a parent. You might be a child. You might have a role. But first and foremost, you are a member of that family family, I find, I find family here. <laughs> I find a sense of belonging. You guys make me feel welcome when I turn up. You guys give me a sense of meaning in terms of like, yeah, I find a purpose and a role and a function here in how I relate to other people. I find and feel that people love me. And I, that's why I'm, I'm a member of this church. And I was a member of this church long before I ever had a role within this church. And I would say that is true for all of us as elders as well. We are first and foremost members of this local church family. So I've talked about these three things today, the determination of DNA, a recognition of reality, and a commitment to community. When we see those three things, it's, it's kind of like, it's not even a decision, you know, it's a big decision, is this person a member or not? It's like, well, yeah, of course they are. If we see all of those things, like, yes, you're a member of this church. And what we do is we formally welcome people into membership. So there is that clarity for people of like, who is a member of this church and who isn't? Now, sometimes the reality is that having been through a process and trying to determine those things, the answer is no. This isn't the local church for, for everyone, right? The, it just Let's acknowledge that. That is true. However, more often than not, actually, the answer is not yet rather than no. Quite often, it's kind of, well, let's just, just, just bide your time. Let's see. Let's see how this works out. Let's check if there is enough alignment. Let's give you an opportunity to, to become part of the family before we recognize it. Um, the final thing I suppose I want to kind of say, and I'll come into land with this, is that the pandemic has, has made being a member of this church family more difficult, right? It, it just has, because family is about relationship and trust and vulnerability, and the pandemic has made that hard. Even sitting in a room with a face covering on with other people makes relationship harder, right? You take it off when you go home, and it's easy. You come to church, and you have to put it on again. Firstly, I want to say a massive thank you, like a huge thank you to everyone who has just continued to be a part of this church family through this pandemic. Like, it, I know it's been hard for many, many people. It, it has, but I am so grateful for the number of people who've just continued to participate and connect and give and serve and lead within this church. I'm incredibly grateful um, for every single individual and family who has continued just to, to commit and say, yes, we're part of things here, even though it is difficult. So thank you. And I suppose what I also want to say is, well, 
for some people, it might have prompted the question, actually, do I belong here? Like, is this my local church family? That would be completely understandable if we're not seeing one another on a regular basis. If relationship is harder, some people might be asking the question, well, is, is this my church family? Is this where I am meant to be? And, and what I would say is, like, come and have a conversation if that is you. Like, if you feel like that's something that's, that you're working through, we would love to have that conversation. And we would, I suppose, alongside that, recognizing that for many people, particularly maybe people who are watching online, there's a sense of like, we're with you in spirit. We want to be there, but we just don't feel able to be along and come along and participate in person. But we're still with you. We get that a lot from people. So thank you to those people as well. And my hope and my prayer really is that in 2022, I, you know, maybe I'm naive in this, but my hope and prayer is that it will become easier to, to be a part of a local church family again, that re- as restrictions ease, as, as we can do some of the things that we've be, not been able to do, that it would just become a little easier to, to be like, yeah, I'm part of that church family and this is how it works. This is what it looks like. So that's my prayer for 2022. Um, the final thing which I, I really am finishing with is that if you are relatively new to the church and you think, I, I, I don't know where I stand, like, am I a member, am I not? If you want that clarity, if you want to go through that process, if you want to have those conversations, then I would encourage you to sign up for Connect, which is the process where all of that stuff begins to kind of come to the fore and get talked about. So rather than pick some dates and say, um, you know, come on, connect on these dates, what we're going to do is ask you to just hand in some information at the info point, um, indicate your willingness to do Connect, and then we will try and find a date that works for as many people as possible, essentially. Uh, what I would add as well is actually for some people who, who might have been part of the church for a while, you might want to just come on Connect because it's been a while and you think, oh, I really want to just kind of go through this process. Again, uh, that would be absolutely fine as well. We love having people as part of Connect. So uh, worship team, do you want to come back up? And uh, these guys are going to lead us. We're going to have some time to, to worship, to just kind of respond to God. Um, as a church family. But uh, why don't you stand, and uh, and I'm going to pray to wrap things up here. Father God, (laughs) thank you for this church family. God, I I love that you, your design for the outworking of faith and relationship with you was to make church a group of people. We know that church is it's not a building. It's not a service you come to once a week. It's not a, an organization with a membership. It is a family where we are known and loved and where we know and love others. And we work out this, this journey of faith with you together. God, I thank you that that was your design, that, that that's how we're meant to work out our faith. And God, God, my prayer is that this local church family here, Gateway Church would continue to be a place where people can find purpose and meaning and a sense of belonging, where people can find a place where they are loved and cared for, where they know that other people are looking out for them. God, we are never going to be the perfect church, but God, we want to be a church that does the basic stuff well of loving people caring for people, creating a place where everyone can belong. God, would you help us to do that by your spirit? We can't, we can't kind of do that all in our own strength. We need your help. We need you to come and to fill us with your spirit, to give us that, 
that supernatural, generous orientation of the heart towards one another that, that we call kindness. God, we, we just invite you to come and to build your church here amongst us, God. This isn't about Gateway Church being some super church or being something special. God, we're just a, an average, everyday local church trying to do our best to love one another and serve you. And God, I, I just pray you would continue to, to strengthen us, continue to help us to build one another up this year, to strengthen and encourage one another. And we want to be a welcoming place, God, where anyone can come and be a part of us and learn what does it mean to follow you, Jesus? What does it mean to be a part of a local church family? God, come and move amongst us. Come and work. Come and strengthen us. Come and live within us by your spirit. Come and lead us as a church into new things. God, help us to, yeah, just be the, the, the kind of the family of God that you call us to. You are always calling us on to, to deeper and greater and better things. And we want to be responsive to that, God. We want to say yes to all you want to do amongst us as a church family. Uh, but God, I love this church and I love that you have led me here to be a member of this family. And we pray that this church would be a place where many, many more people can find, yes, I am part of a local church family serving you. God, would you add to this church all those people who don't yet know you, who you have called and, and you have purposed to be part of your family here. God, would you, yeah, we just submit ourselves to you. Come and lead us. Come and guide us. Come and build us as a church, Father. Amen.